Translator's Preface to Cosmos, A Sketch of the Physical Description of the Universe, Introduction. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by David Wales. Cosmos, A Sketch of the Physical Description of the Universe, Introduction, by Alexander von Humboldt. Translator's Preface i cannot more appropriately introduce the cosmos than by presenting a brief sketch of the life of its illustrious author while the name of alexander von humboldt is familiar to every one few perhaps are aware of the peculiar circumstances of his scientific career and of the extent of his labors in almost every department of physical knowledge he was born on the fourteenth of september seventeen sixty nine and is therefore now in his eightieth year after going through the ordinary course of education at Gerdingen and having made a rapid tour through Holland, England, and France, he became a pupil of Werner at the mining school of Freiburg, and in his twenty-first year published an essay, Essay on the Basalts of the Rhine. Though he soon became officially connected with the mining corps, he was enabled to continue his excursions in foreign countries, for during the six or seven years succeeding the publication of his first essay, he seems to have visited austria switzerland italy and france his attention to mining did not however prevent him from devoting his attention to other scientific pursuits among which botany and the then recent discovery of galvanism may be especially noticed botany indeed we know from his own authority occupied him almost exclusively for some years but even at this time he was practicing the use of those astronomical and physical instruments which he afterwards turned to so singularly excellent an account the political disturbances of the civilized world at the close of the last century prevented our author from carrying out various plans of foreign travel which he had contemplated and detained him an unwilling prisoner in europe in the year seventeen ninety nine he went to spain with the hope of entering africa from cadiz but the unexpected patronage which he received at the court of madrid led to a greater alteration in his plans and decided him to proceed directly to the spanish possessions in america and there gratify the longings for foreign adventure and the scenery of the tropics which had haunted him from boyhood but had all along been turned in the diametrically opposite direction of asia after encountering various risks of capture he succeeded in reaching america and from seventeen ninety nine to eighteen o four prosecuted there extensive researches in the physical geography of the new world which have indelibly stamped his name in the undying records of science excepting an excursion to naples with guy lussac and von buch in 1805 the year after his return from america the succeeding twenty years of his life were spent in paris and were almost exclusively employed in editing the results of his american journey in order to bring these results before the world in a manner worthy of their importance he commenced a series of gigantic publications in almost every branch of science on which he had instituted observations in eighteen seventeen after twelve years of incessant toil four-fifths were completed and an ordinary copy of the part then in print cost considerably more than one hundred pounds sterling 
since that time the publication has gone on more slowly and even now after the lapse of nearly half a century it remains and probably ever will remain incomplete in the year eighteen twenty eight when the greatest portion of his literary labor had been accomplished he undertook a scientific journey to siberia under the special protection of the russian government in this journey a journey for which he had prepared himself by a course of study unparalleled in the history of travel he was accompanied by two companions hardly less distinguished than himself Adamberg and gustav rose and the results obtained during their expedition are recorded by our author in his fragment asiatique and in his assiette centrale and by rose in his reise nach dem ural if the asia centrale had been his only work constituting as it does an epitome of all the knowledge acquired by himself and by former travellers on the physical geography of northern and central asia that work alone would have sufficed to form a reputation of the highest order i proceed to offer a few remarks on the work of which i now present a new translation to the english public a work intended by its author to embrace a summary of physical knowledge as connected with a delineation of the material universe the idea of such a physical description of the universe had it appears been present to his mind from a very early epoch it was a work which he felt he must accomplish and he devoted almost a lifetime to the accumulation of materials for it for almost half a century it had occupied his thoughts and at length in the evening of life he felt himself rich enough in the accumulation of thought travel reading and experimental research to reduce into form and reality the undefined vision that has so long floated before him the work when completed will form three volumes the first volume comprises a sketch of all that is at present known of the physical phenomena of the universe the second comprehends two distinct parts the first of which treats of the incitements to the study of nature afforded in descriptive poetry landscape painting and the cultivation of exotic plants while the second and larger part enters into the consideration of the different epochs in the progress of discovery and of the corresponding stages of advance in human civilization the third volume the publication of which as m humboldt himself informs me in a letter addressed to my learned friend and publisher mr h d bone has been somewhat delayed owing to the present state of public affairs will comprise the special and scientific development of the great picture of nature each of the three parts of the cosmos is therefore to a certain extent distinct in its object and may be considered complete in itself we cannot better terminate this brief notice than in the words of one of the most eminent philosophers of our own country that should the conclusion correspond as we doubt not with these beginnings a work will have been accomplished every way worthy of the author's fame and a crowning laurel added to that wreath with which europe will always delight to surround the name of alexander von humboldt in venturing to appear before the english public as the interpreter of the great work of our age i have been encouraged by the assistance of many kind literary and scientific friends and i gladly avail myself of this opportunity of expressing my deep obligations to mr brooke dr day 
Professor Edward Forbes, Mr. Hind, Mr. Glazier, Dr. Percy, and Mr. Ronalds, for the valuable aid they have afforded me. It would be scarcely right to conclude these remarks without a reference to the translations that have preceded mine. The translation executed by Mrs. Sabine is singularly accurate and elegant. The other translation is remarkable for the opposite qualities, and may therefore be passed over in silence. The present volumes differ from those of Mrs. Sabine in having all the foreign measures converted into corresponding English terms, in being published at considerably less than one-third of the price, and in being a translation of the entire work, for I have not conceived myself justified in omitting passages sometimes amounting to pages simply because they might be deemed slightly obnoxious to our national prejudices. End of Translator's Preface